meteorologist Malcolm Byron. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 610, welcome in on a... What morning is it? Wednesday morning. Sorry, well, I had Wednesday. to think. I had to think. It's uh, middle of the week. <laughs> April 19th, 2023. Uh-oh, 419. <laughs> Get it? 419, roll it. 419, it's uh, the... Never mind. You you know. You know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Four, it's 419, what chaps your eye Wednesday? Ooh. Yep. 419, what chapter? The universe knows. Uh, you can uh, tell us today what's chap- chapping your hide. You can. You can do that every Wednesday. It's a, It's a, something you should, when you have something that enters your mind that's negative, uh, is that uh, it's, a, it's a frustrated response to something that happens in your world, uh, don't, don't, you know, don't bother everyone around you. Don't be a whiner. Just put it in your little deposit box in your mind, put it aside, and then open it back up to share with the world on Wednesdays on LNK Today with Jack and Friends, and then let it go. Let it fly off like a, like a white dove into the sky. And that's what we do here on Request Line, for, excuse me, on uh, What Chaps Your Eye Wednesday. It's really hard to keep these segments straight. Uh, and that is happening today. The way you can share those things that are bugging you, that are driving you nuts, that are chapping your hide. You can text in, of course, always 24-7 to the Rick Stein Recognition text line at 402-479-1400. Or you can go to Facebook.com slash LNK today. You can go there as well, and there is a discussion going there you can jump into, or we will open the phone lines up, and you can be a part of that as well at 710 this morning. I think we've got an open segment at 810, so if we've got a lot of them, we might actually get into two segments of that today. Uh, no, we don't have an open segment today. We've got Symphony Orchestra coming in Yeah, today. we do. Sorry. Uh, we've got Symphony Orchestra coming in at 810. Uh, we got John Bishop joining us at 835. He was there yesterday doing the uh, Creighton radio call for the baseball game that they just couldn't quite get finished Last night, the lightning came in. Last night, stopped the baseball game at Haymarket Park. They didn't see a path to get it finished without staying up really late. And so they will finish that game now in May in Omaha when Nebraska is scheduled to play Creighton in a couple well, of weeks. Not officially, but yes. Not officially what? The the official announcement from the university is it will be resumed at a later date. Okay, well, that's the date. But yes. Yeah, that's the that's the date. That I mean, that's they'll they'll they're gonna start that game in the the moment where it left off. So you're gonna start the game in Nebraska with the bases loaded and no out in the tie game in the bottom in, of the seventh. in the seventh inning. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully that Tuesday now up in Omaha can be a can be a big day for so getting a couple a, of wins for Nebraska. That, that will be a, a game where. Uh, the Huskers and the Blue Jays will both be a home team and an away team. Well, yeah, you're right. Technically, Nebraska <laughs> yeah. will be the home game, home team in the first game, and they finish that out. And then, you know, all the players who have been in and exited can't come back in. But then, uh, all the pitchers who pitched already can't come back in. Uh, but then, like if somebody was injured for this game, came back, they can actually play in it. So it's kind of a weird deal. And I know Nebraska went to the bullpen early, um, but let's say for either team. If you had somebody go six innings in the in last night's game, 
come around May 9th, and they're like, well, guess I'm pitching the second game of technically this doubleheader. Let's get me a second win here. Yeah, but it, it's a tied game, so it wouldn't have, they wouldn't have factored in the decision anyway. Yeah, uh, I feel bad if you were one of the people at the game and you stayed around for the entire sort of delay where it looked like they might start, the, but they never did. Yeah. I know how long that took. It took uh, one and a half BTN documentaries on Nebraska football during that it, time. Hey, BTN knew the audience that was watching. Yeah, I watched the whole BTN documentary on the uh, the Hail Mary, Nebraska against Northwestern, Clark Kellogg to... Uh, to Jordan Westerkamp. I actually enjoyed watching it. Yeah, it you had a, that one, and, then, tied, and they, then they did the September 11th one, and then they didn't walk. finish it, though. I know. I was upset I, with I, that. I know. I had never seen that thing, and so I was watching, and they had to go to their their you know like their sports center show, uh, and they didn't play the end of it. So Yeah, I told my wife. I was I like, was well, bummed. It, it's definitely the game's over, and we're back into programming, but I want to watch the end of this. And then they went back to the field. Right. And they gave the announcement. I was like, okay, we'll send it I, back. I thought they would go back. It, uh, and they're like, nope, we're going to go to our so studio. And I, That was when I went up and went to bed. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, we, we had that. And uh, do we ever even get any rain last night, Mark? I didn't get any. In- oh, what, what is that? We got we lost a baseball game, but we didn't even get rain? Jeez. A lot of lightning, though. Uh, it was a lot of lightning. Yeah, it, when because I looked at the radar right when they called it off. And there was no, I mean, there was no impending actual precipitation for Lincoln at the time. I did see there was kind of a cluster of storms to our southwest, but that looked like it had a good chance of missing it to the north. I assume that's what ended up happening on this thing. And so somehow we got out of that thing without any rain. Now, that may be changing, Mark, it sounds like here, um, potentially, maybe, uh, maybe today, another chance for storms today. Is that right? Yep. When is uh what's best shot for that? Oh probably late afternoon into the evening hours. Let's see. Uh the threat increasing by late afternoon, mainly along and south of I eighty. Okay. So So uh anyway, we've got Nebraska Creighton softball on KLIN, six o'clock first pitch tonight. We will see. We will see about that. Yeah, the uh uh, it, it, and it looks like the chances here actually are are still somewhat low for precip. As I go to the hour by hour, they're never actually over twenty five percent for any single hour. Uh, but they do start going up a bit uh, at about. I don't actually don't go up much until about nine o'clock either. So I, they might be all right there. Could be some extreme excessive rainfall far southeast uh, part of the state. Now today is your. Uh, we're supposed to get to the eighties today. But this is kind of uh, it's kind of a last blast, guys, of the summer esque weather here for a an extended period of time. We got lots of highs in the fifties, a few in the sixties coming up for week and a half at least. Now, yeah, after, early after this, I call this early spring type. Weather. Early, so we are we have our seasons wildly out of order this year but they're forecasting a, a hard freeze uh, into sunday morning saturday night into so, sunday morning yeah th- this is what we were supposed to be getting in march right yeah. these are the nice days we were supposed to be getting in march then we went straight to faux summer where we were in the 80s for an extended period of time so now we're going to go back and cover early spring and we'll see what's happening after that but that is it's really an extended period of time the the forecast already Goes, it's all 50s and 60s all the way out till Friday the 28th, almost through the rest of the month of April. More, you, more chances of precip, that. though, mid to late next week. Yeah, which would be good. I don't know if you know this. 
We need the rain. We could use it. I still, I don't know. Uh, guys, I'm still a few days at least from mowing. Uh, mowing my lawn here. Past my unofficial tax day is the unofficial beginning of the mowing season in Lincoln, Nebraska, per my own declaration. Uh, but tax day is come and gone. I still don't need to mow. My lawn is looking, without with all the lack of rain, too, I don't know what it is, if it's a lack of rain or what, but my lawn coming in this year is rough. It is not, it is, I don't think I'm quite at blight on the neighborhood level yet, but it's a little embarrassing. It's a little embarrassing when the neighbors walk the dog by and I'm outside and they take a look down at the lawn, see some brown spots, look me in the eye, kind of quietly shake their head keep going on with their dog. I'm a, I don't want a summer of that, Mark. I don't know that I can handle that. I think it's maybe too late to overseed though. No. It's saying, not. It's not too late to overseed. No, what you need I to always do say it. do it in the fall though. Um not with this weather coming up, this cool uh maybe I to cool weather and get some water on it and and grass does really I well. I got to figure cool out what, I got to figure out what kind of grass I got. I got to make sure I put the right thing down and then I got to uh, rake the thing up, I guess, and spread it on. I mean, how much maintenance is that, really, to be able to do that? Is that a lot There's of work? also several companies that do that type of work that you could do. Hey, maybe one of them, maybe one of them ought to say, hey, we want to we wanna have our business. Jack, why don't we do it for you, and you can tell everybody about it. Is that okay for me to solicit that here? Oh, I am. Anyway, <laughs> what else do we have going on in the news today, Mark? Oh, a couple of things. Uh, gaming revenues were uh, reported for March. Cha-ching, cha-ching. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, 1.548 million in March. Do you know anyone who's gone to the casino? Oh, I'm sure I do. I just haven't. Have you had a conversation with no, anyone no, about going to no, the casino? No, no. not, not I a haven't either. Person. Not a person. I haven't seen a, a, a post on social media of anybody. Oh, yeah, like, that hey, I, I had a big night at the casino. Yeah. Yeah, like me neither. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what I expected exactly, but. It's not a real like ubiquitous part of my life and my conversation and things I hear from other people so far. Well, they got to be doing they got to be doing something right because the city approved an annexation of some I think like six point seven acres Monday that will expand their parking out there. Okay, so. I think that'll change though. I think it'll change at least for me in the circle I run in when they open the sports book. Sports book for sure. Which has got to be? I know. I I I saw that they were like advertising for employees for the sports book not that long ago too. So that I assume that's coming up here fairly but soon. Just, They're going to do that. Just take a look at Warhorse. January they uh, remitted eight hundred eight uh, hundred nine thousand. Okay. February eight hundred fifty eight thousand. Okay. And in March, 956,000. So they're growing sort of steadily right now yes. in terms of the people who are going there. Yep. And, You'd think they'd have the boom in the first month, maybe, and yeah. then it would trickle down after that, but not so far. Yeah. 327,911.41 is what the city and county each have received so ching, far this ching, year. Ching, ching, ching. That's my, that's my uh, slot machine impersonation. <laughs> Can you do it with an accent? An accent? Uh, okay. That was British. Yeah. Uh, what else is going on? LB 77, final round of debate starting this morning. Constitutional carry, yes. That that thing's going to pass, isn't it? Looks like it. It's going to pass. That could be, you know, on the governor's desk by night. No more fees, no more training for open carry. Still highly recommended. I recommend it. I still recommend it. I very much recommend it. Yeah. 
what else happened or well, what else a scholarship is in the news? program for you to take it yeah that's they actually talked about having a scholarship program and having the state pay it that, that, that I, I think i suggested that two weeks ago i think you did i'm too. pretty sure i did free trade make free uh, subsidize some sort of free training for people who want training but seriously are that's really the issue is that they're only not getting it because there's cost associated with it then you're not violating anyone's perception of the second amendment with that come on Let's do it. And earlier this week, we talked Nobody about the, the first that. bill that was passed. Actually, the first bill was passed this last Monday. That was OB 376, 41 to nothing, um, by Senator John Lowe of Kearney. Uh, that's the one that uh, we, you wine lovers will be able to br- uh, bring their beer drinking buddies along when you visit a Nebraska winery. Seriously, that was the first bill they passed? Yeah. <laughs> I also approve of this. <laughs> that's so funny. I don't know why, but that strikes me as hilarious. After all of this, after all of these tooth and nail discussions about these just incredibly, incredibly tense, hard-fought, divisive culture war issues, they agreed, they came together and they agreed, you can... What, what does it bring? It, it was the... Uh, let me get it up here. Hang on, just okay. So it's got it's got to do something with right re- state regulation of of uh, liquor rules, liquor I rules, assume. yeah, and and how it's all uh, brought in. Okay, changes the liquor laws. Um, proposal would allow some changes, allowing liquor control commission to track alcohol brought into the state. One would allow Nebraska wineries to get a license to sell beer and other drinks that they do not manufacture. So. Oh, okay. So uh, you go over to uh, James Arthur or something, and they can have Bud Light on tap. Whoops! I Oop. brought it back to a culture war. Sorry. Uh-oh. Oh, God. Uh-oh. <laughs> no, 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 it's not uh, Bud Light on tap. It's Bud Light in a can. It, in a can? Yeah, that's well. The, well that's picture. the one that got up people upset. Oh, people weren't upset I, here by it Bud is. Light. On I tap. thought I finally found a non-culture war issue. Something as simple. As the unwinding of having an adult beverage at the end of the day at a beautiful winery, and it took one step for me to jump right back into the culture wars. Okay, another part of the bill, I'm just moving on, uh, would allow micro distilleries to distribute up to 500 gallons directly to retailers. Oh, okay. So that means you're getting your local your local beverages on the... Uh, Yep. on on the that on the would, shelves of the stores. Yeah, that would of course increase the availability yeah. of like Nebraska made bourbon, gin, brandy. Completely random point I'm making right now. Have you noticed that almost all of the local brewers have gone to cans now? Uh, even the ones that used to be in in bottles, Zipline used to be in bottles. Uh-huh. I think they're totally in cans now. Imperian used to always be in bottles. They've got at least some of their stuff, maybe all of it, in cans right now. I thought that was kind of interesting. Do you know why you go to cans? Why? Mix and match six packs at Hy-Vee. That's so expensive. No, do you really do that? Depends on the. You got to pay like nine. You got to pay like ten bucks for a six pack. Then maybe I'm getting a couple different beers. Yeah, I know. I like it too. If it were, I I mean, I get it. I don't need to buy two different six packs to get some. That's true. I, I just wish we would bring the price down on those. Maybe the legislature. I'll advocate for that. that. All right. Okay. And a new book out: uh, Swimming the English Channel. Just pretty, pretty, uh, you know, the author I've never heard of, actually. Oh, yeah, who is it? Francis Neer. (laughs) 
All right, 625. It's LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Let Lincoln know if your organization or business is impacted by the latest severe weather. Go under the closings tab and sign up at KLIN.com. Meteorologist Malcolm Byron. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, welcome back. Glad to have you with us. They haven't mentioned it yet, I don't think. It's probably should. Request sign Friday, day after tomorrow, the 21st of April, will be a uh, general request line Friday. No theme this week, but we do continue our run partnering with Da Vinci, celebrating their 45th anniversary this April. And so that means during request line Friday, if you text in the keyword that we will reveal to you during the show, you'll have a chance at the end of the show of winning a $45 gift certificate to Da Vinci's in honor of that 45th anniversary. And just a reminder, you can still request your song early. You can do the keyword on Friday, uh, or you can wait. But if you wait, that can always be an issue. Always be an issue because you get late in the request line Friday queue, and that means we are hustling through your song at the end of the show. It might just be a few seconds, so always recommend going a little bit early. I know it's a little hard because you don't know kind of what mood you're going to be in on Friday, but if you can figure that out, text that into us today with your song, 402-479-1400. Sound off time. What shall we start with first? Oh, boy. Gas prices. I don't know if you filled up recently in Lincoln. I did uh, two days ago. Two days ago. And getting back up there again, it feels like pretty quickly and pretty extensively. Gas Buddy predicts a jump in gas prices of 15 to 25 cents very soon. Now, already the price of gas up 7 cents from a week ago and up 23 cents in the past month, according to AAA. You might remember the price of gas was $2.39 a gallon the day President Biden took office. AAA says gas prices are inching up because oil is hovering above $80 a barrel. Also, as we enter the warmer months, driving picks up along with the demand for fuel and a change in gas actually as i'm looking at the prices here around lincoln i picked a bad place to get gas on thursday (laughs) that much i can tell you is true you can find it it looks like uh for still 349 a few places a few places in town uh but definitely not the place i think i paid almost 360 where i was at if i recall i don't know if it's high i don't I don't look at it too much. I try not to fixate on it. I mean, I'm not going to just go without gas, so I just kind of go, well, I'm here. Yeah. I need to fill it up. Yeah. So anyway, but it looks, and and like we talked about a few days ago, traditionally, whether prices are high or prices are low, generally you get a, a bit of a spike always coming up toward Memorial Day as well, which don't look now, but that is just a month away. My goodness. We got a month, Caleb, and a month from now we'll be coming up on Memorial Weekend, the end of elementary, uh, elementary of K through twelve schools into the summer. We got a month left until summer's here. It's coming up with the unofficial summer, as in after Memorial Day and sort of the end of school. University's going to finish up not too long from right now as well. You're right. We are we are coming along quickly there, but yeah, gas prices. Uh, I'm going to guess by the time we get there, we'll be even higher than we're at 
right now. Interesting case in the uh, Supreme Court. Now, a, a little a little background just on the issue at hand with this. this is This is a case about working on the Sabbath and whether or not someone can lose their job if they refuse to work on their Sabbath day. Interesting. I, I went to school. I went to college in a town in northwest Iowa uh, called Orange City. That was where that's where I went to college at. Very small, very Dutch, very Reformed church-centric town, the, uh-huh. the Dutch Reformed Church, which then split into the Reformed Church and the Christian Reformed Church. You don't need all that background, though. But the one of the big tenets... Oh. About that ta- in that town was keep it was legit. I mean, like seriously, keeping the Sabbath completely free from work, mm-hmm. like to the point that this was what people always said that this actually happened there. If you went out and mowed your lawn on a Sunday in your neighborhood, you would probably have somebody come up and say, "Hey, come here." Have have a talk with you about maybe you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. On on a Sunday, like they were like that whole the place shut down completely. Nothing, nothing was open. Nobody did anything uh, on on that Sunday. Now, was that the same place that had a what was it like open twenty four seven convenience store, but wasn't actually open? no. That was my. That's another. That's a complete other story. My wife's hometown okay, okay. in in Grinnell. The the real quick story is when she and I were dating, I would go visit her, and I always remember there was a convenience store that said "Always Open." It was called "Always Open," and so we would just stop there. I would stop there a lot of times on my way out of town when I was driving back to Lincoln and get a pop or something. Uh, then got married there, uh, in, not at the convenience store, but <laughs> in in Grinnell, Iowa. And I'm having the night before the wedding. I'm with my groomsmen at a hotel in town, and we were we were playing cards and and just hanging out. And we were like, "Oh, we ought to go get something to drink, uh, get some snacks or something like that." I don't remember what it was. And it's about eleven thirty at night at that point. And I was like, "Hey, there's a." I, they're like, "Is any?" They're like, "Is any place even open in a town like this?" I was like, "There's literally a place called Always Open." I, there's, so let's just go up there. So we all get in the cars. We go out. We go over there. We get there, and it was like, it was like hilarious because I pulled up and I was like, "How is this closed?" And I look up the sign. It says "All, all, always open," and then a little light flickers on above it. I kid you not. That said, almost. It said almost always open. They added a sign that said almost to it that was like just flickering on and off, and it's still there, and it still says almost always open. Nonetheless, sorry, way sidetracked by a story there. Supreme but, Court and that that wasn't related to the Sabbath. That has nothing to yeah. do with the or the Sabbath. Although they might have closed on on Sundays, but this is a guy working for the post office who was contracting for Amazon and asking the Supreme Court to give him some relief here. After the plaintiff in this case, Gerald Groff, took his case with the Postal Service, they then contracted with Amazon to begin deliveries on Sundays. He said, I can't work those shifts because that's when I observe the Sabbath. Well, the two sides were able to work together to get his Sunday shifts covered, but sometimes it didn't work and there were shortages. And the Postal Service says it began to impact morale. After multiple rounds of discipline, 
Groff resigned before he actually faced termination. Justice Sotomayor asked why this situation isn't the very definition of an undue hardship on the employer. The question is now whether the court will overturn a 1977 Supreme Court decision, TWA v. Hardison, that defines undue hardship as anything more than a de minimis cost. Justice Alito notes many religious groups argue that interpretation simply cannot be right. All right. So this is just a quintessential sort of appellate law situation here where you've got words that that make a rule. Right. The, The rule is that the employer does not have to accommodate some, you know, religious requests of some sort if there is an undue hardship on the employer to make that accommodation. Okay, fine. Great. Next question. What's an undue hardship? Yeah. That, I mean, that is... That, that's, that's all interpretation. That's law school, baby. I mean, <laughs> that's law school is, oh, yeah, well, we've got an answer. We've got a simple rule to that. And the rule is made up of words that you've then got to define. That I mean, that is... This isn't a, a, a necessarily a, a straight-up constitutional law case. Um, uh, actually, maybe it, there are components of that to it, but that is what it feels like everything in con law is. All right, well, discern, uh, let's define reasonable in this situation. And then it's just, a, it, and then it's constructing a rule that was not part of the original document. It's constructing a judicial rule to define the word that was put in the law or put in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. It can be very frustrating if you are a neat and tidy person sort of mentally about definitions. And that's law school, baby. <laughs> and I'll, it was it it still is. It's I, I, I mean, sometimes we talk about uh, legislating from the bench. But when you have words that are undefined, you literally have to define them, but that's the key cog in the rule that you're talking about. So you essentially are doing the legislative. Yeah. You have to. You you have to in some in a lot of these cases. So I don't look at I mean, I look a little bit at, at some bills, but I don't always look deep through all of the language. Is the way for the the legislative branch to handle that is when you make a bill, literally, you've got sections on sections defining yes. what each of the words are. 100%. hundred percent. I mean, look, we love the Constitution, but take a look at the take a look at the due process clauses. Read those. Read read substantive due the substantive due process, and then go read the case law associated with it, and try and find where the language of it, how you apply that language. To the situations that are explained in the case law, I mean, it's it's hard to believe it was ever comprehended in these situations, and it wasn't. Mm-hmm. They weren't. It wasn't necessarily designed for adjudication straight on just a handful of words with this whole thing. So anyway, that's my my trip down legal theory here with several <laughs> things. Uh, let's see what else should we do here? Uh, oh, they they. Uh, so Tucker Carlson had uh, Elon Musk on again. They really talk. I mean, I didn't listen. Listen, you know, I didn't watch the entire thing, but I did hear some of the the highlights on this thing, and and I was like, oh man, this wasn't necessarily like straight up uh, crazy politics uh-huh. stuff necessarily. Like they were getting into some AI stuff that I actually thought was was kind of interesting. And uh, Elon talked a little bit more about his concerns with AI 
and elections and just how soon that might come into play. Twitter and Tesla CEO Elon Musk says he believes artificial intelligence has the power to influence future elections. Even if you say that AI doesn't have agency, well, it's very likely that people will use the AI um, as a tool. Uh, in elections. As AI continues to grow and become more powerful, Musk says governments should put contingency plans in place, almost like an off switch, to shut down the massive server centers housing the computers that run these AI bots. Musk also says AI systems like ChatGPT could have a significant impact on society this year, since the bot is already capable of writing just as well as most humans. The, honestly, I don't know if this is in the realm of AI, I think it is, but the 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 fake photos and videos that you can make now i guess they call them deep fakes like i don't know if you see the saw the and they didn't claim these to be real but the, there was all these ones that came out of trump before he mm-hmm. got arraigned did you see any of those pictures uh uh-uh. like they made pictures as if he was like resisting police and like these really dramatic things it wasn't i don't even think it was really pro or anti him but oh my gosh they looked they looked oddly real they looked oddly real. And just the prevalence, not far from now, of fake pictures, fake video, when you talk about misinformation, that's going to be the first, I mean, right. that is going to be the first biggest fight on this whole thing and how you do that, because there's there's going to be no way to know I, uh, whether it's real or fake. I didn't, so it's, it's not exactly along those same lines, but I saw a uh, a tweet thread yesterday, and I didn't... I didn't like it or bookmark it, so I can't find it right now. But I remember the topic was why you need AI and you won't need lawyers anymore. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> they're, gonna, they're going to uh, define what an undue hardship is. Is that what it is? <laughs> so Colorado, you know, it's, it's old news now that Colorado legalized marijuana. The the new thing is, not long ago, they also legalized psychedelics. And now they're trying to figure out a regulatory framework to allow for people in the state of Colorado not to sell, but to at least possess uh-huh. and use psychedelics for recreational or, I guess, medicinal purposes. This is not a free-for-all here in Colorado. What this ultimately means is if you do have psychedelic mushrooms or other natural medicine on you, you just won't get in trouble. You also can't buy it in stores just yet. Eventually, these stores will be called healing centers, and that will still take about another year or two. Now, if we dive into this a little bit further, specifically, it allows adults 21 and older to process, store, use, transport, purchase, obtain, and even ingest it for personal use. It also allows people to give away mushrooms or natural medicine to other adults for free so long as there's no payment exchange all right so there you go colorado uh colorado adding to the arsenal of of uh, legalized substances uh okay a couple of entertainment ones before we finish this off i know i'm the only one uh at least in this group of me and you i think that watches yellowstone you don't watch yellowstone do you nope well, there. If if you don't know, you know, this is the Kevin Costner show where he lives on the ranch, and it's really good. I'm I'm really into it. But they just they're in their last season, but they did half of it, and then they just quit, and then it didn't ever happen. They did. They said, uh, you know, to be continued after that. Well, now 
They've got some issues in trying to finish this whole thing with just a few episodes left. Yellowstone now has an end date. The show that reinvigorated the family western and the career of Kevin Costner is set to end after the second half of the fifth season, according to the New York Post. However, when the second half of the fifth season will start production and air is still not known. The show has been plagued by rumors that Costner, who won a Golden Globe for his portrayal of John Dutton, the family patriarch, is in a dispute with the show's creator, Taylor Sheridan, a well-placed production source, told the Post, it's the same as with any showrunner and big star. There's respect, but there's friction. However, production has not been slated yet, and there's a Hollywood writer strike on the horizon. Michelle Polino, Fox News. So what, what do we do? We got like we got. You're like, not going to get the last half. We got of like this. eight episodes. The first half. Are we going to have to wait two years for the final whatever amount of episodes? No, on you're this whole never going to get. And it. then I'm going to forget what happened in the plot, the thing before. That's the problem with the, these streaming series. Better Call Saul is a great example. It took a decade in between seasons once at one point. It was ridiculous. That's a slight exaggeration, but only slight. And I forget what happened. I don't remember the characters' names. There are already complex plots in half of these things. Come on. Bring it back to where we just take the summer off, and then we're back in the fall. That's how I like it. I'm an old man. Last but not least, I hope you ne- I hope they never finish that season. Did you know Netflix was still sending out DVDs to people? Did yeah. you have any idea this was no. still? I thought this ended twenty years ago, or ten years ago. They're, they've no, still no, been twenty. <laughs> they're ending their service of sending out DVDs, which is how the company started initially. Netflix is calling it quits for its DVD by mail rental service after twenty five years. The streaming giant, whose DVD business shrank as it exploded into streaming, will ship its last read DVD envelopes on September the twenty ninth. The company releasing a statement saying those iconic red envelopes changed the way people watch shows and movies at home, and they paved the way for the shift to streaming. The DVD service generated nearly $146 million in revenue last year, which what? translated into somewhere between 1.1 million and 1.3 million subscribers. Shortly before Netflix broke it off from video really? streaming in 2011, the DVD by mail service had more than 16 million subscribers. Hillary Barsky, Fox News. I had no idea so many people were still doing that. That's interesting. I don't know if I have a DVD player in my house right now. Maybe the one on. I got a PlayStation. Yeah, I guess so. That was what I was going to say. Video game console. I don't even yep. have a. I, was a, I don't have a computer with a CD drive anymore either. All right, six fifty-five. We'll take a break. Officer Chad coming up next. K L I N. They done it, and now LPT needs your help. Crime Stoppers on LNK today. All right, I spent too much time blabbing about Yellowstone and legal ambiguity in Netflix, and so we don't have much time, Chad. I'm all right with Yellowstone. We ready for some stories, yeah. though? Yeah, let's get into uh, our uh, Crime Stoppers. First one we're going to do is Best Buy. This one happened March 31st. Best Buy said these two left their store with about $1,300 worth of unpurchased merchandise. They have some of the best security pictures I've ever seen, folks. They should be pretty easy to identify. On top of their pictures. Whoa! Yeah. It's like an 8K. We have a pretty good shot of what looks like a short bed step side forward with a white camper top on on the back that they left in. So that would be a really good one to clear. The dermatologist looks like they could identify any skin conditions they have on that thing. I anyway, don't what get else? That yeah. close and personal. Uh, the next one is a romantics burglary. Uh, this male is reported to a burglarized romantic, smashed her front door, uh, ran out with two large um, large gifts, gifts oh. for him. <laughs> 
If you know anything about either one of these, we'd sure like to know. I had to leave you with that one. LincolnCrimeStoppers.com. Sorry, Chad. You can talk more next Thanks, week. Thanks, guys. 7 o'clock, KLI and Lincoln. Of your time saver traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. It's time to get it off your chest with What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Call or text the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at 402-479-1400 to tell us what's chapping your hide. It is time. Let's do it. Get it off our chest and magically turn ourselves all into more pleasant, personable people here on KLIN. Phone line's open. Text line is open. It's time to jump into it. And she was first today, so she gets to bat lead off today. Good morning, Debbie. What is chapping your hide? Well, I know that you, too, will disagree with me. I don't know about Mark, but I do not like the the Husk, Herbie Husker logo. The new, the like new current one, the one that they just unveiled? I like any of them. Oh! <laughs> See, I've, I like the animals, like the, the Colorado buffaloes. Oh, cool, they got ooh. a buffalo. I like when they've got... Uh, Boomer Sooner, the ponies, you know, pulling the, the Sooner Scooter. I like the Georgia Bulldog. Those things are cool. I've always thought, if we're big red, why can't we have a big red Irish setter? And we can call him Husker. And that could be our logo, a big red dog. Okay. That would be big red. I like that. To me, that is so much better than that moth-eating thing that we use. <laughs> <laughs> what if uh, what if we compromised and they got rid of do you now do you like Lil Red the inflatable uh, yeah, b- I do big like baby him. thing uh-huh. Uh-huh. okay I do like the all right baby. I was gonna say maybe uh-huh. we could have a I do like the idea of a live animal at the games though if we had yes. a nice Irish set I do like that idea one hundred percent yeah I mean I don't I don't think it has to be either or just add know? it to oh, the I, to the roster yeah okay well it. I don't have a problem with that but I will say they did make one mistake when they. When they redid this Kirby, instead of putting him back into overalls, he should be wearing Jack Mitchell signature cargo <laughs> shorts. <laughs> that would be the best. I agree. Every- okay. Uh, thank you, hey, Debbie. Hey, hey, I, I owe Debbie uh, uh, a big thank you. What's that? Well, I found out that she was the one that nominated me for that Liba Champion Award. Oh, well, so isn't that Yes, I nice. did. Thank you, Debbie. Well, you're, you're more than welcome, Mark, and it's well-deserved. This whole show should be getting an award. Oh, well, thank you, I Debbie. Feel. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you. Have a great day, okay? There you go. Number one, Debbie, joining us right now. That was nice of her. Yeah, we. Did. I didn't see Cargo Shorts Herbie. There have been people doing edits on a lot of them, Caleb. Maybe we could get that. Did I don't know? Did did that idea of an Irish setter sort of hit you as like not a bad idea all of a sudden? I was okay. Well, I got to look one up though. Are I they was red? very much wondering where she. I was because I was going to ask. Okay, well, what would you replace it with? If we're the Corn Huskers, right. what do you replace it with? What do you add? I'm I'm not against that idea. I had to look up Irish setters to see yeah. what they look like. Could we? Uh, could we doodleize it? Sure. I'm in the doodle. I'm in the so far. I'm Irish so, setter doodles. Is that does that exist? The Irish doodle. 
Does that exist? Yes. Pull it up. Are they red? Yeah. I gotta see the thing. Uh. All right. Ooh, look at that. So cute. All right, those are adorable. See, go. I know that there's some people who are tired of the doodleification of the dog world. Look at me talking about the dog world. <laughs> My dog's birthday is coming up in a week, uh, a little over a week, guys. One year old. Congrats, Reggie. Can you imagine you go to a uh, women's basketball game? There's just an Irish doodle sideline. That'd be good. She said call him Husker, but I like, I mean, maybe Big Red? No? We'll I mean, w- workshop red? some of it. Yeah, I don't know. Woofer Red. All right. So, so I kind of changed her. <laughs> that, Paul, that Paul just said on the text line says, if her hatred of uh, Herbie doesn't dethrone Debbie from number one status. Oh, yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, I can't agree. Uh, she, she acknowledged that we wouldn't agree with her. I mean, I still definitely. But I guess we, we have to take back, Caleb. We said it was nearly unanimously liked yesterday. It's still but she, near, wa- she it's just still wants an actual nearly. animal. I get it. She wants an actual animal. But some teams have animals that are not animal mascotted teams, right? The well, she she mentioned one of them, the the Sooners. The Sooners, yeah, they, they got they those, got the they ponies. got those, do- they got ponies, and they got those dogs who are yeah. their mascots too. Yeah, uh, the Kansas City Royals, they got a lion as they're dressed up. But the Colorado Rockies got a dinosaur. Why? I have no idea. The uh, Tennessee Volunteers, they got a dog. They got a dog, and they're the Volunteers. So, yeah, I think in that vein, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I want that now. Yeah. Now well, I want just a pack of dogs leading the team out of the tunnel walk. We'll be sure to get them some Dinovite. <laughs> and make sure and call on how much you like it over a bad cell phone connection and make a commercial out of it. Anyway. Uh, sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Uh all right, uh, want to go to the Facebook page? There's no more calls. What's going on today? All right. Uh, Matt says, with Chaps decide, Jack withdrawing for mayor. I didn't know who to vote for in the primary. I am still eligible via write-in vote. I don't know that I ever withdrew as much as um, never entered. <laughs> but but yeah, nonetheless. You do, you do have to submit some paperwork to enter. Yeah, I didn't do, I never. With 300, there, there, 300 the, signatures. You know what? The exploratory said, we don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> we, together as a committee, have explored this, and it's a resounding no. Okay, you will was lose. That, there's that, there's no the candidate. four members of your immediate family? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. The, 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 three, the three humans and Reggie yeah. uh, all got together and... They said, we think you would have no chance, and you'll be a bat, and you'll say, I don't know. You'll say, this is a complex issue to too many issues when it comes up in a debate. (laughs) You know, I haven't quite made up my mind yet on some of these things. Where do you stand, Mr. Mitchell, on public safety? Uh, uh, Let's see. We got uh, Cindy says that we are still under a COVID emergency in Lincoln. Why? And then Kim responds... Cindy, because people are still dying from COVID. Um, is it still in... What, what's the update on it? So the federal got rid of theirs. Does the county... And, and then there was talk about the county getting rid they, of theirs. They did not act on it. But now the federal has, and the others probably will, and I'm not sure how it, inf- I'm not sure how it impacts me in any way whatsoever. Well, so very hard to get fired up about they've it. They've discontinued the risk dial reporting. So as far as I'm concerned, whether it's beneficial or not, it's over. I just, I wouldn't have known either way. 
Uh, Peter says the new pitch clock in Major League Baseball, it's just too hurried. And then Patsy agrees and says, I don't like it either. This is the second straight item, Caleb, where we thought we had kind of unanimous approval of something, and we've got contrarians in what chaps your eye Wednesday. Yeah, there, there's been a lot of people that have really liked it. Now, obviously, the folks at the concession stands trying to, to make money and sell beer yeah. for longer have not liked it, but... In general, a lot of people have really liked it. Now, I think as the season goes, you're starting to hear more people I, push back. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm not, I don't have a strong opinion. I do not, I don't mind the games. If I'm not going there to the game, I don't mind the games going long, frankly. Like Major League Baseball games take, I don't have any, I don't care if they're on three hours. Yeah. They're on, they're, there's just something to watch for longer. Pace of play was not an issue for me with yeah. Major League Baseball. I don't hate it, but I'm not like celebrating it that much. Now, if I went to games regularly, if I was in person going to games regularly, I think I would be more excited about it. I will say this. Because, for Major League Baseball. Well, and, and, and you have the pitch clock and you have everything for college baseball, too. So we see it with Nebraska. Yeah. Now, I will say that those games are going a little bit quicker this year as well. The big reason I know that is... Because if a game starts to run too long, I have to move certain spots in our log and the way mm-hmm. the commercials run, all of those things on the back end. I haven't had to do that as much this Interesting. year so far. So I had, yeah, I've seen the stats for Major League Baseball, but not as much for college or Nebraska or anything like that, mm-hmm. which would be interesting, too. Uh, people are commenting on... People are commenting on Debbie's take. Uh, Keith said, when Debbie said she wanted an animal, my mind first went to Clifford, the big red <laughs> dog. That actually would be cool. Yep. Yeah, right. Uh, and then Mike and Ralston said that's why Debbie is number one. <laughs> okay, <laughs> sounds good. Uh, I, I see a uh, a cage match between Mike and Matt Paul. Yeah, there we go. I don't know what does this mean. Uh, Clinton says I've always wanted to see a kangaroo win the presidency. Do you even know what that means? Do I get? Do you get that reference? Am I missing something? I don't know. Is that what, referring to me running for mayor? Maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not running from here. I'm not going to get elected. <laughs> but but I will continue to to always put out my request. Please release who got right in votes. I would love to see that list. Is there any reason why we don't do that? Is there any public policy reason when the election at some point to put out a release from the state or the county or whomever does or the city that goes through and says, "Here's who won." others receiving votes and give us a list because i would be so fascinated to see who else is Uh receiving votes i'll have to it would be so interesting i'll see what i can find out i'll put the investigative efforts we got a new lancaster county election commissioner maybe we can maybe we can make this happen i'd suggest inviting him on one of the uh, open segments in the next week I, i guess i could do that i guess i could do that all right, four zero two four seven nine fourteen hundred. We've got a little bit of time left here. Uh, Logan has one too. I think this is. I think this is about the uh, mayor's race. He says the fact that some people refuse to acknowledge what is going on right before our very eyes, whether the news reports it or not, locally here in the city, but you acknowledge it and you are somehow living in fear. Isn't it interesting? A statement like that could be applied to the crime situation that's being debated in the mayor's race, or it could be applied to COVID. <laughs> And you would have the exact opposite side making the same point, regardless of which one that you're talking about. I think that's fascinating. 
Oh, wow. Late in the segment coming in here at the last minute is that Paul to close out. Uh, not request on Friday. I wish I could say the segments, right? What chapter I had Wednesday. Uh, hello, that Paul. What's on your mind? Yeah, play Stairway from Heaven. No, no stop. No. I messed it up. I need, I need to go on the record first to say that I love Debbie. She's very nice. And I guess I'm just a little envious of the number one status. <laughs> and, and Mike from Ralston. Let it go forth from this point in time forever that everyone should know that he and I go back to grade school. Ooh. We love each other. We're going to the Nebraska spring game. Where was oh. that farmhouse, you guys? <laughs> no farmhouse. <laughs> no special little lover's nest. No, no, no. Nothing like that. Not that there's anything wrong. I'm just saying that Mike and I, we've known each other for, oh my gosh, over 50 years. Okay. Very good. And I still haven't killed him, so if I was going to kill him, I'd kill him right now. <laughs> Please don't do it this weekend either. I don't want to hear about that. Well, we won't hear about it for three right. days. Are we anyway. going to this last one? Yeah, we not? can get Con real quick. All right, Con, what chaps your eye? Well, I'm still upset about Sonic still advertising their fish sandwich 10 days after Easter since <laughs> last week. But I actually called in because there's a new phenomenon I'm seeing in the roundabout, which is People look from the roundabout to me 20 times after I've already entered the roundabout. It's a new defensive driving technique you have to watch for. <laughs> if you can do that, you've got enough reaction time to hit your brakes and slow down a little bit. So. <laughs> Thank you, Con. I appreciate it. <laughs> Listen, maybe Sonic's fish sandwich was popular. Maybe it's you. Maybe. Here, here's what I love. You Limeade. start to get into uh, fish fry season. We hear about it every week. You exit fish fry season, you hear about it every week. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd probably pass on the Sonic seafood selection. That's just... Maybe it's great. I don't know. Go good with a cherry limeade. 7.25. That's it for an eventful day on What Chaps Your Hide Wednesday. Yeah. Let's count them down, starting with... Number five. First bill passed by the legislature this year was LB seven uh, three seventy six passed Monday night forty one to nothing. Uh, the proposal Unanimous. making changes in law allowing the Liquor Control Commission to better track alcohol brought into the state. It would also allow farm wineries to get a license to sell beer and other drinks that they don't manufacture. And uh, that would be primarily for those who don't want to drink wine but want to go out with their wine-loving friends. Yeah, okay. We got a lot of people, and they may say, you know, not a wine guy or gal, or maybe not the type of wine guy or gal that you're serving at this place. little sweet for my liking, perhaps. Uh, And so now they're able to, to basically stock, basically just stock. The license allows them to stock beer that wasn't produced there essentially through the winery license am i understanding that right that's, essentially that's what the way i understand it yeah and that that's the thing that's the thing that we finally <laughs> got enough agreement on to not only pass but pass unanimously and that's it wrap it up i think well i think the, i think the, we got it we got I, consensus on something i, I think we're good i think the correct term is it passed with uh, without dissension because there's 49 senators and only eight 40. who are the eight who are the eight people that don't want you to have beer at wineries i want to know they were, i want to know i want to i want to target them for re-election this was late <laughs> monday night they were probably out at a winery <laughs>
after this session, I wouldn't blame you. Yeah, I'm going to guess it sounded good because they're all like, man, after this session, a drink does sound good, doesn't it? <laughs> well, there you go. Congrats. Congratulations. You guys did it. Hats off. Hats off to you on working through that legislative process. And, you know, I get it. It took over three months, but... <laughs> We may have another one. That's a, well, What's next? Into law. Could happen yet today. Uh, oh, is this uh, uh, constitutional carry? Yeah, LB 77 up for final debate. If it passes, governor well, could sign it. There's a lot of things we can't agree on, but booze and guns, those we got support for. That's the good life, Jack. What? <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. Number four. As it has been throughout the uh, mayoral race, public safety, big theme at yesterday's Liba Luncheon, the forum between uh, Mayor Larry and Gaylor Baird and former Senator uh, Suzanne Geist. Uh, Gaylor Baird touted the investment she's made in LPD, including salary increases, makes LPD officers highest paid in the state. Uh, Geist, though, said, uh, you know, we've got some uh, some issues, and she saw, uh, cited numbers of homicides. We're already at five this year, and said she hears a lot of it from constituents that say crime and public safety is a big issue. So they they uh, got at it. Yeah, I mean, I think public safety. Is there a way you can say, I mean, is there a way? I can't even have a reasonable conversation with anybody about this anymore on this issue. I mean, it's either... It's either a dystopian hellscape or everything is great. I think the reality probably lies in between there. It does. Somewhere yeah. with this whole thing. Homicides are up. Car thefts are up. They've been an issue, right? Okay. A lot of the other stuff is, a lot of the other violent crimes are down. So it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag when it comes to those sorts of things. Okay. Me personally, I am not scared of walking out in the city of Lincoln, despite the fact there were 11 homicides last year. Here's why, and it doesn't make them okay or good or anything like that, but the fact of the matter is, these are generally targeted situations, domestic situations, situations involving drug deals, those those sorts of things. And again, it doesn't make them good or okay, but I'm not really all that concerned about the likelihood of being randomly gunned down on the streets in Lincoln, Nebraska for no reason whatsoever. I just, I'm not, I'm sorry. Like that will never, I would move if I ever felt like that at this point. Still doesn't mean it's not a not an issue that you've got to work on. Another thing real quick, okay? While I'm, while I'm on a roll. I have heard plenty about, about issues within the Lincoln Police Department in terms of morale. And, and you know, what's happening there, how it's going, you know whether or not they're they're able to do their job. The, the police union made the endorsement that they did for guys. It sounds like there are issues going on there. Was the decision? Is this chief that was was hired by the police? Even though I don't, even though I don't think it's a, a like I said a dystopian hellscape out there. That doesn't mean that shouldn't be some scrutiny on how the police chief is doing business here in Lincoln, and that is part of that is a legacy of the incumbent in this race, Larry and Gaylor Baird. So you've got that. And then last but not least, I also think there's a good chance you could have any, you could change mayor year to year, uh, and the homicide rate isn't going to be any different, that the mayor isn't the one that is going to change or affect this. I think there's also a very good chance of that, because the reasons for it, I think, are pretty complex, and there are a whole lot of them. Some of them that are controllable, some of them that aren't. 
some of them have to do with that. I think all of those things can be true. This is, again, what I think on this whole thing. The numbers are the numbers, but I think all of those things can be true. But once again, we have got to be dystopian hellscape or everything is perfect. That's what we've got to be here in stupid politics. And I'm tired of it. I, I am so tired of it. I know I got on here yesterday and said I wasn't going to do this, and here I am doing it. But uh, it's it, that's it, it, it's frustrating with the whole thing. I mean, Mark, am I being... If I said something that, that you think isn't accurate or fair, tell me. I, th- I think your uh, summary of, of being a, what is it, a dystopian hellscape, uh, and, and I'm not so sure they're that far apart, but it sounds that way. The perception is that way. When you look at the statistics of 21 versus 22, yeah, there are categories that are up. Arson was up 44%. I mean, that's a huge increase. Okay, I missed arson. Ar- yeah, yeah, okay, uh, arson has gone up this year, although that's not no, that's a long 20, trend. 21 to 22. Okay. That, I mean, that's the last year that we have the full statistics. I've got them out in the truck. I've, right. I've, I've and, and I've looked at them all, too. And there are some that are up, and there are some that are down. It's a mixed bag. Is that right. not... But does what, anyone disagree with that? It's, if, no, you, if, you, I, I, if you itemize it by crime, it depends what you're talking about, whether right. it's up or down. That, that's correct. I, I think No what, one what, will acknowledge that. Somebody what, come and freaking acknowledge that. Well, I, that's what I need. Yeah, that's and it's and I get it. If homicides are the thing that are the biggest thing to you, yeah, it's up and it's bad right now. I think that I get that. Whatever the candidates are hearing from constituents is a big part of it. So they're all. You know what they're hearing from the constituents? Way over here or way over here? They're hearing from all the people way on the outside and not enough of the people who are realize this is a mixed bag. Some of these things can be true, and I'm not overly completely going one way or the other and are there issues with the police department right now yeah it sounds like there are yeah yeah that's a a fine discussion too that is a fair discussion when it comes to that i've had but i've had trouble uh, you know from a news perspective so yeah there is trouble but does that mean i'm scared to go out in lincoln no come i mean if you if i get to the spot that was some of those spots sounds like I'm getting the crap out of here with my family. I'm not I, even close I, to I that think right like now. a lot of cities this size and bigger, there are places you're not going to go uh, at midnight uh, on a Friday night, Saturday night, waving $100 bills in the air. <laughs> I mean, that's my typical Friday night, Mark, and it's fine. <laughs> well, you, it's you, you've complained about having to walk Reggie all over. I know, and I, I want to bring $100 bills. I do. I like people to know. That I've got a lucrative radio career, and what better way to do that than walk my dog at midnight on the weekend with $100 bills? <laughs> Number three. Matt Olberding, Journal Star. Uh, he's reporting uh, two fewer Burger Kings in city, one uh, less in York. Okay, now here's an issue. Okay. The uh, franchise owner uh, going through bankrupt proceedings, so the store at uh, 24th and O, or 25th and O, and 4200 uh, North 27th Street uh, closing, uh, or actually, I think the one on uh, O is already closed. So, um, they mentioned this at the Leba debate at all? Uh, the the sandwich supply in Lincoln, Nebraska? No. Wow. I think that Sad. might not quite hit Leba. Sad. The- well, they have a different uh, Is caterer. it a business? Yeah. They have a different caterer for the lunch, so. 
The city needs this city needs to have croissant sandwiches available in every quadrant at least in the city of of Lincoln. Well, when you get two fewer Burger Kings in this city, but now you get uh, you know better tasting McDonald's burgers. We talked about that yesterday. Remember? Yeah, they're bringing chicken, 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 chicken. Has McDonald's chicken. not Burger King and McDonald's feel like they were co equals maybe still ten years ago, fifteen years ago. Is McDonald's just lapping Burger King on everything right now? McDonald's was already lapping Burger King. I know they were, the but there was time. a time when it feels like they were closer to co-equal the competitors yeah. than they are now. No, BK made a push. You know, just they, they never caught. Now they're falling off. I mean, Hardy's hey. even made a push at one time. Yeah. That, well, this uh, Burger King at 25th and 0 used to be a Hardee's. And now there are no, no Hardee's in Lincoln, right? I think the closest Hardee's is the uh, down there at uh, is it Elmira. Maybe. Is it time to bring Hardy's back to that spot on 25th and 0, maybe? Hey, you thought I said some controversial things. I didn't. But you thought I said some controversial things about the mayor's race? Listen to this. Get ready. You're going to sit down for I, this and I, get ready to change the station. I know what it is. Burger King has better breakfast than McDonald's. I said it. Yeah. I said it. Okay? I, I, I'll agree. But I, when they're not open, it's hard to get it. That's a good point. And, and i tell you, the other thing that may have been the uh, pr- proverbial nail in the uh, bankruptcy, I mean, maybe it's Sonic's uh, fish sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. Nebraska football coach Matt Rule over the weekend commented about being more excited to coach his team than uh, traverse the open transfer portal. National media taking that as a shot at Colorado coach Deion Sanders. Uh, you've got a clip on this, Caleb, yes? Yes, from uh, Pardon the Interruption yesterday. Oh, Michael Wilbon's always reasonable. I make of it this sanctimonious, I'd like to use a letter, two letters, initials, but I won't. Okay, sanctimonious garbage. This is great. This is another Big Ten coach I can immediately start to dislike, even though this is not a Big Ten beef because Dion's not in the Big Ten. He's got 17 transfers of his own. Who is he taking shots at somebody from Gidget? You think that Matt Rule wouldn't order up a G6 to fly to the transfer portal if it was a physical place to pick up as many people in aisle six as he could? Please. I could go and just call it a straight-up lie. I'll just manage to call it sanctimony, which is what it is. Now, Dion yeah. is just not being sanctimony. Dion just saying, get me to the portal, is what he's saying. That's what they're all saying. All the coaches are saying, get me to the portal, including the ones who can't actually get anybody from the portal. So I maybe I got to give Matt Rule, new Big Ten coach, a big hug and a welcome to the conference, give him some benefit of the doubt. But if he's serious with that statement, please. Yeah. So I love this. I love when coaches attack other coaches. I love when Jimbo Fisher attacked Nick Saban and vice versa. Dion is an almost mythic figure. Dion says what he wants. He does not care what you say back. He's probably amused by Matt Rule if he even knows who Matt Rule is. Okay? Now, Matt Rule is a really good college coach. Yes, he is. But he hasn't been in college for three years. He's been with the Carolina Panthers where he was awful. He probably wished there was a transfer portal in the NFL so he could get rid of the junk that he was coaching with the Carolina Panthers. I'll tell you what this means to me, Mike. I'm going to watch this game. I'm going to watch a game between teams that were 1-11 okay. last year. and oh, that. What in the living crap are they talking about? 
What did he say? They took a hard left turn and they what? kept turning left and what? went so far away from what was even Can said. Can you remind me of what he said? Like, what did he even say? He said he did not ever mention Colorado, did he? No, Matt Rule said what? he sees coaches, some coaches that are very excited to see the transfer portal open. He's more excited right now to coach the guys he has. And they took that out of that? Yep. <laughs> yep. Now, you ever been in an argument with someone and you say the most benign thing and tensions are so high that they take it to mean something like not even near what you meant and make it offensive? The question you're asking is, have I ever had a girlfriend? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was one of the most bizarre segments of television that's ever aired in the United States of America. Yep. What? Can you work dystopian into your description of it? That is a dystopian. You want to find a dystopian hellscape, it is that discussion. <laughs> I, I know we don't have time for the other thing that we were going to play. Sorry, Kate. We might be able to get to it a little bit later. No, that, Maybe that, with Bishop. Maybe we'll get yeah, to it, we'll with, get with, to it Bishop. with Bishop. I have more to say on that, but we got to move on. Number one. Time capsule opened yesterday. Uh, 64-year-old down at Pershing. Yay! And it's filled with asbestos. <laughs> <laughs> Dystopian housecape. No, seriously, what was in it? Oh, there. They had a Bible in it. They had what else? Oh, uh, Tom. Old Tom. newspapers. Yeah, newspapers. Letter to the future mayor from the mayor in 1959. <laughs> uh, if Burger King start to close, you're in trouble, future mayor. <laughs> and on April 19th. 2023, the word dystopian will be used on a radio station in Lincoln more than it should ever be used. Uh -huh. <laughs> All right. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome in. It's 812 LNK Today with Jack and Friends on a Wednesday morning, April 19th, 2023, 67. And it looks like we got a little bit of sun out there. Uh, and it's time to say hello to our friends from Lincoln Symphony Orchestra. We got, hey, we got uh, the OGs in here today. We've got uh, <laughs> Maestro Ed Palachek and Barbara Zock. Hello. Both in studio with us. Hello, Ed and Barbara. How are you doing today? Good to see you. Good morning. Well, it's not much sun out there. I got to tell you. Oh, yeah. enough, we thought we would just bring it in. It's enough sun studio. for Jack to be wearing his cargo shorts. That's right. Guys. That's exactly right. <laughs> no two ways about it. That's a, that, is, that is exactly right. Yeah, sorry, Ed. We couldn't get you one of those crappy, cloudy, cold days that you like. I but know. Listen, I know. This is, this yep. is, I think it's going to be outweighed tomorrow a little bit. So well, tomorrow right. night, they say, or, or Friday night, I can't remember which. Low rain. Is this going down towards yeah. freezing? And I'll be very happy then. Uh, this is what? <laughs> this is the second to last uh, show of the season, right? Some of our classical series. Yeah. 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 That's, that's yeah. correct. This uh, Friday, uh, yeah, Friday night at the Leeds Center, 730. Uh, we have, uh, I love this program, uh, and I love the, the kind of, uh, challenge that we took on a few years back of being sure that every program or virtually every pro classical program that we do has music composed by a living composer. Mm -hmm. um, we're looking into the diversity, not just of the of the composers, but that music that that kind of scans everything from like rockabilly to jazz to right. you know to, to traditional kind of twentieth. 21st century classical it doesn't matter if if it's great art we want to present it um, it's a really special thing too to have 
um, you know, we always say that music is a conversation between the musicians and the audience and the composer. And it's kind of this really special, like three-way conversation where, you know, the maestro in many cases is like the, the conduit, right? And he, he or, he or she listens to what the composer says and then they bring it to the orchestra and the orchestra plays it. And then the audience has this transcendent experience. And there is a lot of that. That's, mm. that's very true. But it's also a really, really special thing to have a conversation directly with the person who's writing the music. <clears throat> and in many cases, writing it for their dear friends or for, you know, in this case themselves, Daniel Bernard Romain, the, the composer for this weekend, is also the performer. And so he wrote this piece for electric violin and orchestra, and he himself is playing it. And so it's a very, very cool thing to be just kind of right at the source of the music in a, in a special way. It's a d different kind of ins inspiration that you, you get from it. Because, I mean, obviously, uh, we've all been trained as, as classical musicians, which in general, especially in the orchestral world, goes from the music of Bach to current day. And, you know, it, it, the only kind of conversation that you can have with some of those guys, Bach, Beethoven, right. Brahms, right. is, you know, to, you know, to, to go to some uh, seances. Yeah, so well, I was going to say, it's and, not like you finish the second half is in Dvorak's going to come over and yeah, it's like, that's yeah. not exactly what I had in mind. <laughs> no, but I've had audience members come up. To yeah, I bet. I bet. And, 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 and kind of the mix of this program, the, the first half, is we're going to open with the Danse Macabre of Saint-Saëns, which is a very probably an extremely familiar piece to most people, and it does feature our concertmaster. Um, and, it, and it kind of sets up this, well, when you just think of the word macabre or the the darker side of right. things. And and the the second piece that Barbara just mentioned is called the Voodoo Violin Concerto. And it it when we think of the word voodoo, we think of that darker, more sure. sinister side of of spirituality or religion or whatever you want to call it. But in this case, it's really not that. It's almost just the opposite. And it, uh, uh, DBR, which he goes by, Daniel Bernard Romain, uh, DBR is the product of Haitian parents, but he was born, and he's an American citizen. Uh -huh. So he's a Haitian American. And he, he had experience to, uh, with this in growing up. Be, although his mother, I think, I think father too, were Catholic. As you know, in those countries, and actually it happens in Europe as well, there's a whole bunch of, <laughs> of, of cultural and kind of superstitious things that creep into mm -hmm. the, 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 the culture, the, yeah. the culture and, yeah. the, and the religion that, yeah. as we know it. So every movement brings out a different kind of aspect of spirituality, of religion. It's, it's this, how we are affected by this high, high tech era and, and how we deal with that. Um, combined with an electronic sound with the acoustical sound of the orchestra. And it's really fascinating because DBR has uh, uh, this electric violin where he has pedals uh, that he can change things, change the sound, change the color, change the octave, change the, the, the quality. Sometimes it, it, it sounds like an electric guitar. Interesting. And, and beyond all of that, is the brilliance of what he has actually written in terms of rhythm, in terms of melody, you know, and, and so, and then it's going to become actually very interactive and 
on the spot. There's going to be imp- improvisation, not just by DBR, but by the entire orchestra. Oh, well, that's- and so it's, it's, it's really oh. way out there. And I, I told DBR in, in an interview the other day, I said, you know, you remind me of, of like the Beethoven of today. You're, you're breaking through barriers and obstacles, of, especially in the classical quote unquote music world, where we're not used to that kind of thing. We're used to what's on the paper. That's what we do. And we make an interpretation of mm-hmm. that. This is going to be, you know, a lot of it is just what's going to happen at well, the you, moment. You basically, very... you basically don't even need to be there then, from what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> just do what you want. <laughs> don't say that too loud, please. I've been saying that for years. <laughs> you really, you really pulled quite a heist here. Uh, it's also very special because it's personal to him. Yeah. And it's his family history and it's right. his growing up feelings. And so it's also, you know, like autobiographical is the wrong word, but it's a very special personal piece. And so mm-hmm. I think you're going to get to see him through a certain lens as a composer in a way that you will never get to see Beethoven That's through, correct. through yeah. a lens. You know, he did not he did not put his personal self into his music in the same way that DBR is. That's right. And in this performance. Yep. And you, <laughs> I don't think much can be more personal to a person who has been raised in a certain religion or with a certain kind of uh, philosophical, spiritual idea in their head, and then to just come out and say, this is who I am, this is what I've, right. uh, this is what I've experienced. And not necessarily saying this is what I absolutely believe in, but this, these are part of the phases that I've gone through <laughs> to be where I am hmm. today. But and I, just, I know the audience is going to go wild over it. Uh, you ever played an electric violin? I'm fascinated with that instrument. I How never have. I understand that DBR has like 30-some violins, around 30 violins, and some are electric. I mean, they're made especially for, uh, uh, to be used as an electric with a, uh, either a pickup or some kind of plug-in that, that, that where the sound can be manipulated. Does and it still have strings? Well, I was just going to say that he, you know, we always think of violin four strings, right? That's right. it, right? But he has, a, a, I think he said, a, a three-string, four-string, of course, five six and seven string uh, instruments and I, I this I can't wait to see I think if you picture it it's you can picture the difference between an acoustic guitar and an electric guitar which oh, yeah, everybody can mm-hmm. so the violin the sure. electric violin is, is skinnier it doesn't have the the need for resonance yeah. in the body the same way gotcha um, so yeah and then just the the jack at the end that where it picks up inside cool Interesting. Yeah, well, that'll, it's, be, it's fascinating. that'll be fascinating combining that with, with the entire orchestra. And then uh, after intermission, playing some Dvorak. Now, I I didn't prep for this interview or look anything up. I typically don't prep for the your, your interviews because they work so well without that. But I had a CD of Dvorak that I used to listen to while I studied. And so I can... Dun, 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 That's it. Dun, 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 dun. That's it. Um, what do you mean? Um, what do you mean? Uh, know the song. And know that is the song. An amazing movement before you even say it. I'm the expert here today. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And amazingly, it. <laughs> that's not even. That's the last movement. That's not even the going home theme. That probably. Ninety percent of people who know the symphony would be able to say. Yeah, so, I know. I like the deep cuts. Extra, that's just I like the Vorjak credit points. I like yeah. the Vorjak album tracks. You yeah. know, that's <laughs> the deep cuts. <laughs> the deep cuts. I love. Uh, it. Yeah, this is a cool piece, though. I always liked it. Uh, it's one of it's it's and you know almost any NPR station across the country would say it's one of the most requested pieces, um, most popular of the classical music. <laughs> that's because they call me and ask for details. Uh, on it. Oh, thank God that you're you're available. I'm, we're, we're very happy about that. But it's it's called, of course, the Symphony from the New World, uh, 
Um, it was when a period in time, 1892 through 95, for Dvorak, he came to America to head up the American uh, Music Academy mm-hmm. in New York. But he knew, of course, that there were, I mean, this was always a nation of immigrants, and the, the large Czech and Slovak populations in the in, in Iowa, the whole heartland of the country. Yeah. Um, and he spent some time in Spillville, Iowa, and uh, going around not only uh, for um, uh, what what a lot of people look at as the the say African American spiritual, uh, because he thought that that was one of the most magical things that came out of the American culture at that time, but also the Native American uh, ideas of of music, melody, rhythms, and that kind of thing. And although they're not actual quotes from actual melodies, you're not going to hear a spiritual. Uh, uh, theme come out it is it's it's so kind of comforting and 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 identifiable that you think oh that's that's what it is he didn't shy away from including you know what we would call you know the black or brown american experience right right. in this piece which is a it makes it even a really more special piece than you would just imagine because he was he his experience of america was a little bit broader than we would imagine that it would have been and on top of that it is written within the framework of who he was as a czech composer and he at that time in in the history of music classical music the mantle of brahms which was huge in the mid 19th century was kind of placed on dvorak's shoulders the his gift of melody the, of incorporating actual slavonic tunes into his and rhythms and dances and things like that into his works um have kind of endured him to us because we we just love the sound and the melody we feel, it mm-hmm. makes us feel so great so he's put these wonderful american melodies in a framework of of the chick and i think it becomes magical yeah. I really do. And that's There's a reason that it's one of the most well, requested. Exactly. Pieces. And then yeah, the exactly. interesting thing is 120 years have passed and no one has been inspired by Iowa since that moment. So <laughs> that's very. I, well, see, I'd have to agree with you there. <laughs> Does this signal reach I'm out sorry. to Iowa? Listen, I spent a lot of time there. So there's a real baggage there. Anyway. <laughs> uh, all right. Hey, uh, what, what do people know, need to know, Barb, about the concert here coming up? Um, it's Friday night at 730. Um, if you want to hear, actually, we have like a 20-minute conversation with Ed and DBR. You can go to LincolnSymphony.com. You can watch that pre-concert chat. Mm-hmm. And then you can buy your tickets. They're 15 and $35. Um, 476-2211 or LincolnSymphony.com. And we'll see you at the concert. And we're going to give some away, too. Caleb, what's our keyword for the text line? We've got several pairs of tickets to it. The keyword at 402-479-1400, violin. 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 V-I-O-L-I-N. Correct. I thought it was going to be voodoo. <laughs> would have been a good one, too. Would have been a good one, And it's 7.30 at the Leeds Center. This right. Friday. This All right. Friday. Sounds good. Am I going to see you before the next one or not? Is that right? Uh, let's see. Certainly. Yes. Okay. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Right. absolutely. Right. absolutely. I just want to make sure. I don't oh, want to no. know if we had to have our goodbye for the summer oh, or not. Oh, no. We, yeah. we, okay. we would never think of that. All right. Okay. You, you're, you're too important to us. All right. Thank you. Thank you. There's uh, Ed Polachek, Barb Zock, Lee from Lincoln's Symphony Orchestra. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. Have a great concert. All right. Thank, Thank you. 825 on KLIN. When snow or ice impact our area, you can get the latest closings and cancellations at KLIN.com. 
He's been talking Huskers on the Nebraska airwaves for nearly three decades. It's Old Timers Day on the radio dial with former KLIN morning show sidekick, John Bishop. All right. It's time to talk to Mr. Bishop, who, like all of us, didn't quite get to see a full baseball game last night. I don't know how long. Did you have hope that they were ever starting that thing again after they they put the pause on in the seventh inning? Well, I knew as soon as the lightning hit that, um, and I looked at the radar and saw what it was doing. I thought, yeah, I don't think this is going to happen. But let's. I mean, we're we're covering up the real story. It really had nothing to do with the weather. The problem is the clock was getting too close to the mayoral mandated, you know, safety curfew time of 10 p.m where all Lincolnites have to be back in their homes uh, safe and secure before the crime wave hits. So I appreciate the fact that, you know, the, the coaches were that's looking out for That's when the purge starts. Yes, yes. I, was waiting. I kept waiting for the sirens. I, I never did hear them, but thankfully I was tucked into bed with my earplugs in before that happened. I'm glad. I'm glad we were able. I'm glad they were able to make a quick enough decision that you were able to get home safely. Yeah. I mean, Ed Service told me before the game. He said, "I got to get back to the safety of Omaha. I can't be around here when all the when all the hellfire and brimstone breaks oh, out." God. Oh my gosh! So now, but yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was uh, rather appropriate. We were we were like one batter away from being done with that game last night because uh, Creighton was teetering on the edge there. Nebraska was about this close to blowing it open. Oh, man. And so now it sounds – I don't think they gave an actual date, but is it your understanding they're going to do it before the game in yeah. Omaha? Yeah. Is that what's yeah. going to happen? May 9th. Yeah. Yeah. So they'll finish They'll finish this game. They'll leave it – they'll literally, you know, take the bookmark out of the book and take up from where they left off, bases loaded, nobody out, and then finish that game. And then I'm assuming 30, 45 minutes later they'll play the, the full scheduled game on May 9th. Okay. All right, so uh, so you'll not, get like a baseball not, game in a third. I was going to say, yeah, not a double header. It's like a one and a third header. Uh, yeah, essentially. Yeah, that we've got going on. All right, and hopefully, hopefully, at least in my opinion, uh, hopefully Nebraska can uh, you know get some of those runners home with the bases loaded. It's it could be the most it could be the most analyzed at bat in Nebraska baseball history because we've got three weeks to analyze it. Just dig in. What do we think? What what's your Creighton's alignment be? Right? What what are we doing first pitch? You know, all kinds of things. You just really break it down for this one for this one at bat. Uh do you have any idea? So Caleb and I on the morning drive today and Mark, mm-hmm. we uh listened to the Michael Wilbon, Tony Wilbon, uh Tony Kornheiser segment on PTI. If for those who missed it, um Essentially, somebody was asking Matt Rule, and I'm paraphrasing some of this, so correct me either of you if I don't state it right. But somebody's asking Matt Rule about what he was, you know, about coaches getting into the transfer portal right now because it's opened back up. And he, well, said, in, in actuality, because I went back and listened last night. Okay. Like, what was the, yeah. There wasn't was, a direct question about the transfer portal. He, you know, Matt Rule was, was, was kind of riffing. It was in that moment, and I'm sure you guys played the audio this week. But it was in that moment where he was talking about, hey, we have to earn the right to be a good team. And and he was he was riffing on that and talking about the attitude that he wanted to have, how he wanted the team to not coast to the end of the spring ball, but to be ascending. You know, he wanted everyone to really bear down this week. And he was just kind of in the middle of a riff. And Brian Christofferson at 24-7 Sports asked him, basically, do you see this attitude now starting to form within the team? Mm-hmm. The one you kind of just described. 
And then, you know, Matt Rule, being the good country preacher he is, went into another, you know, minute and a half long riff. And it was in the middle of that where he offered, you know, some people are excited about the transfer portal opening up today. I'm excited about coaching my guys. So that's where it came from. And so it wasn't about a question. It was from a no, there was never a question about the portal. There was never a question about the portal. Um, it was just he was in the middle of a riff. But, and so, yeah, if you look at it one-dimensionally, which I'm sure is what the two old goats in the afternoon did over there at ESPN, they looked at it one-dimensionally and just read the quote, and it was like, ooh. But if you listen to it and you hear it within the context of everything he's talking about, Matt Rule is leaning into his bit, if you want to call it that, about being a developmental program and really enjoying the team that he's got and saying, hey, there's a time and a place for me to jump in the portal. Right. Others might want to do it right now, but I am in the middle of spring football and I like what I have currently and I'm going to coach these guys. And so that's all he was doing. It's not like he was disavowing the transfer portal. No, because he he's already it. He's, used it, and he's going to use it again, just like everyone else. It, it he's was, not going to be as brazen about it and put up flashy videos and say, please, please okay. come here. We've got fruit roll-ups. So, John, you have to help me because I genuinely, and maybe I'm being a homer, I do not see the bridge to this being about Colorado and Deion Sanders. How in the crap did that get built? Exactly? Well, I mean, let's face it. Deion Sanders is a very popular figure, right? He's, he's, he's very popular within the national media because he's been in front of us for 35 years. He's always been a great quote. Um, and listen, I love the fact that he's at Colorado. I love the fact that this game is happening with these two coaches Same. in this first okay. year and, and, and how different these two Guys are going about building a program. I love the fact that Deion Sanders, who who I thought if he was ever going to get this kind of an opportunity, was going to take it down south. Yeah. Where all the players are. No, he went and challenged himself. He's going to Colorado. He is going he is going to try the ultimate rebuild. I love it. I think Agreed. it's great. It's a it's a super experiment. So I've got nothing against Deion Sanders. I now, do I necessarily agree with how he's gone about some of the things. I think he's too aggressive with the whole portal thing. But again, he's doing it his way. And I'm I'm very fascinated to see what happens. But there's a lot of people in the national media that just love him. I mean, they just eat up, eat up anything that they can get from him. And so it's very easy to take his side because, you know, he's the guy who quote-unquote gets it, right? And I think that's where part of this is coming from. And And let's be honest especially when we're talking about Wilbon. Mike Wilbon does not like Nebraska football. We know this. We All we have to do is go back to a couple of summers ago. We all remember how he wanted Nebraska chased out of the Big Ten because they dared to want to play football. So he's had a, he's had something stuck in his saddle about Nebraska for a while and saw another opportunity to, you know, to kind of take a, you know, spit over in Nebraska's corner, and he did. And so that that I think that's where this is coming from mostly. I get it, but there still had to be some context for them to make the jump to, because he doesn't mention them by name. 
everyone's using, I mean, look, there are a lot of coaches right now in college football, who, especially who have finished their spring game, who are using the transfer portal right now. Why mm-hmm. wasn't it a slight to any of them? Why was it to Colorado? I'm so confused about well, their reasoning. Again, I think it's, it's a Dion thing, right? Well, I mean, why? I, I, I don't, I, why, why? Because it's Dion, because there's because other annoying is, coaches or, or good coaches or what? Yeah, but, but I mean, Dion come is. on. You know, and I, no one has gone as aggressively with the whole portal campaign as Colorado has. Yes, everyone's using it, and, and we saw what, you know, USC went last year and got 25 guys out of the portal. And, and, and it was a story, but the way they went about it was, you know, I wouldn't say under the radar, but, you know, it just it, it didn't make the big splash. Dion's going about it in an uber-aggressive way, and he's b- very brazen about it so- and saying, hey, this is what we're here for. I just saw another graphic they put out today. It's, I mean, it, it's like right, but every other tweet from Colorado is join us in the portal, join us in the portal. It's it's the way they're going about it, and, and it's causing this splash, and people are, are attracted to it. Ole Miss does that. Lane Kiffin does that. They, had, yeah. they, they called themselves transfer you at one point. Sure. Was it, was, was but they're rule, not Dion. Was rule ripping Lane Kiffin? I don't know. Yeah. Lane Kiffin's got some of the things. I mean, he's a d- divisive coach, too. I, right. I, it is the dumbest thing. Listen. Well, and also, I, keep frankly, in mind, Jack, who's, who's, whose spring game is being televised by ESPN? Yeah, there we go. There we go. And the only one being televised by ESPN. Well, that's because ESPN has the best zoom on any of their cameras. What? Well, you, to, <laughs> you just see Bishop, the team. Bishop got it. <laughs> I'm sorry. Good job. Uh, okay, good job. Uh, quality. <laughs> Tiny baby buffs. Tiny. They've got to put on the telephoto lens. Oh, my God. Uh, it, it, and here, John, I yeah. fully agree with you, though, uh, you, with your first point. I love what this is doing for this game, for college football, for this summer. Frankly, you know what I love it for? I love it for the Nebraska fan base because the Nebraska fan base had become so soft when it came up, when it came to rivalries and, and sort of like disliking another team since they got into the Big Ten. They were always worried wouldn't live up to Oklahoma. And so they acted and, 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 and then they also became, had like bromances with other teams and other coaches too in the Big Ten. <laughs> and finally, secretly, you wish this were the, you secretly wish this was more about Pat Fitzgerald. Gerald and <laughs> Honestly, finally it slapped some sense into him, and this is how we had to do it. We had to create the ultimate like death star of an unlikable team. That's what yeah. they've done. This was the only way you could slap Nebraska fandom into normalcy in college football. Take the most one of the most disdained programs of all time. That's not enough, though. They played them. Nobody felt like this. And then take one of the most flamboyant coaches. Uh, that's out there right now. That's got a style that a lot of Nebraskans won't like, and put them on the coach. And you built the Death Star, and that's Colorado right now. And there finally, and, and and finally, you've but it's got a tiny that. Death Star. It's, it's like a, a little tiny, Lego Death Star. It's like the mini one, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a little one. Yeah, it's not the big Death Star. It's a little one, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> only Yoda would fit on it. <laughs> Hey, I applaud you for pulling out another name. Good job. Yes, Good for you. Very nice. I didn't know, though. You nice. would, I was afraid somebody's going to be like, well, Jack, technically Yoda wouldn't be on the Death Star because it doesn't match up in the. No, I fully the, expected you to call him Yodi. Uh, no. Like, I fully expected you to just butcher it. You can shut up. <laughs> Yodi. Yodi. 
It's going to be friends fun. Called him John, it is going <laughs> Listen, it's going to be a blast. Is, if this and is, here's you know what the, you know what the shame of it is though? There's still a game that happens before that game, which, which technically is more important than right. the Colorado game. Can you imagine a world where P.J. Flex seems like that? Ah, I don't know if that meant much of a feeling about him, guy, of the first two coaches that Nebraska faces. Can you believe we're at this place? It makes you wonder, it's does P.J. Fleck have something in mind? Hey, hey, wait a minute. No one's talking about me. No one's talking about me and my boats. Where's my rower? Where's my oars? Come on, someone's got it. So I'm hoping that some at some point between now and you know the first week of September that you know PJ does something. I just don't know to, to snap us to remember. Oh, that's right, we got to play that guy too. I don't know. Again, I love it. I love that it's happened. I don't even quite understand how this whole whatever is going on between Nebraska and Colorado even began, even started. Like, I get it. They're on the schedule. I get it. They both hired new coaches this year, but that's happened before. Okay. I, I, I don't, right. But I mean, it's like, it's, I don't it's, get like it. I said, it's, it's the perfect storm because so. these two coaches are very different from each other. Why does Colorado care about Nebraska then? I get, I, okay, I get it in, in our direction, I guess. Is it just looking at the schedule? Is it, I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, Recruiting I mean, it's just battles. a natural buzz. I mean, you know, they're they're buzzing right now, and and they should be. And I, I'm excited. Oh, they're for buzzing. Them. They just uh, they they have hallucin. Uh, they have uh, uh, they now add a uh, hallucinogenic drugs legal there. You can get shrooms. You can't sell them, but you can give them away to other people. Just so you know. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, we did a we did a thing on on the sound off today. It was a while ago. They're trying to figure out how to regulate it right now. Wow. So mushrooms. I'm just magic mushrooms. Glad, just glad I made it out of there alive. Magic mushrooms. It's <laughs> going to so I can come back here to the hellscape of Lincoln, Nebraska. You, crime ridden Lincoln, but, Nebraska. And, and you're right, though, with Minnesota on the schedule first, that game's going to get amped up, too, here at, at some point as well. Like, you, yeah. are, you are stepping into a one two punch of big games where you have no idea what is happening. Like, we haven't seen for a long time in Nebraska football. Well, and, and it's coming year. at a point where, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a first year, you know, and, and, and <laughs> you talk about making yeah. a first impression. You know, this is this is as tough a first impression as you can get um, because, you know, you got a conference rival that's kind of owned you the last couple of years who's, you know, pretty well established. And then, of course, a, a, a budding rivalry that's being rekindled and being fanned, oh, Wayne's man. being fanned by social media and idiots on talk radio. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't. I can't talk TV. I can't wait. And I can't, talk TV. I can't wait. John, you're going to be so mad at me. You know what? Why? They haven't even played the spring game yet, but I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to go to, into football season. I've had I've seen at least in terms of major league baseball, I've seen enough. I have seen more than enough this year, frankly. I would be glad not to watch another major league baseball game this year. Well, the good what news is, is they're going by faster, so the pain so lasts. Can we have less. a can we have a pitch clock on the entire season? That'd be good. <laughs> Uh, hey, not for my team, man. We're we're hey, actually doing pretty good. Hey, how about uh uh how about how about Bryce from uh, Nebraska baseball hit that homer last night? I'm just kind of kind of curious. He's just had an amazing season here at this point. I heard Lizey talking on the broadcast last night on the TV broadcast. He was like, he was like, he might have what it takes to be a first rounder in Major League Baseball. And I know you're not necessarily a draft analyst, but you see a lot of baseball. You see a lot of players. What what kind of a player do you think he might be? I mean, he's got he's got the tools, in, uh, you know, at the plate now. Um, I don't I'll know be where curious. he plays. I'll defense. be curious to see what happens in the field yeah. because he's, he's, he's an not a great. 
he's a not greatish, not not a great shortstop, but you know you can you can take some of those talents and apply them in other ways. I mean, you can move him to the outfield, you can work with him, you know, um, on his fielding and things like that because he's got he's got all the tools. He's got an electric bat. Um, uh, I, I mean, I I have no idea if he's first round caliber but he's definitely going to be he's going to be top five i didn't think about that till lizy said it last night and he comped him at least defensively and i guess offensively he comped him a little bit to whit merrifield which i thought was interesting yeah so no he's he's he is really good and 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 you know nebraska's fortunate you know that they've got these guys all coming together at the right time and 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 hitting the ball as they are um because yeah that that was yeah. that was not a cheapy last night i don't care if the wind's blowing in blowing out whatever i mean that that thing i mean it was what i think it said what 116 off the bat yep that didn't which is sounds ridiculous yeah. and it, but it's man, so it, weird it was, seeing nebraska multiple nebraska guys have double digit homers it's been a while it's been a long it has and when you think that. about it and i always forget this and every time i go back you know it is a it is a pretty small ballpark Right, yep. and I know why they did it that way because they figured the wind was going to be blowing in more often than blowing out. But um, they they uh, they they've really they've really reformed, and I love their uh, the, the team approach at the plate. I mean, they are they, they're swinging early, yep. and you have to. I yep. mean, you you know, especially in college baseball, you're going to get a lot of first pitch fastballs, right. and you got to put a good swing on it. And and they figured it out. Um, yep. Now, you know how much it carries over. This will be a big series this weekend at Iowa. Um, you know, to see what, what what's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, I think Nebraska's in good shape right now. All right. Yeah, first place in the Big Ten, last place in the state. All right, uh, John, I appreciate <laughs> it. We'll have a good show. For today. now. We'll talk to you later, all right? All right. We'll go John Bishop of 1620 The Zone. 855, wrap up the show after this on KLIN.